Before we start today's show, I want to invite you to join my community of SaaS founders, agency owners, and others who are sharing tips, tricks, strategies, and tactics for creating successful cold outreach campaigns. It's a free group on Facebook called Cold Outreach Mastery, and you can get there by heading over to morgandwilliams.com slash community. And if Facebook isn't your thing, but you still want valuable cold outreach advice, head on over to morgandwilliams.com slash newsletter and put in your best email to get first in line for valuable resources that I share on how you can fill your calendar with sales meetings and your pipeline with opportunities. Now, let's start today's show. On this podcast, I typically walk through an audio case study of a cold outreach campaign with a guest. We go through the specifics of the principles, strategies, and tactics that they used in a campaign, as well as the results. But what happens after you've generated the lead and that person has entered your sales process? Once you get them on the phone, how do you take them through a sales process that turns prospects into customers at a high percentage? What are the boxes you need to check before someone becomes a customer? Well, my guest in today's episode created and executed a sales process within his software company that grew the company to number one in the industry within three years, making the Inc. 500 two years in a row and the Inc. 5000 five years in a row. His sales process was so successful that it led to the company being acquired for nine figures. And in this episode, we'll do a deep dive into that process so you can know what actually works when it comes to selling software. I know you'll get a lot of insight from this episode. I know I did. Enjoy, and I'll see you on the other side. What if you knew exactly how to use cold email, LinkedIn, the phone, and other sales channels to get new meetings and customers for your B2B product or service? Morgan Williams is an enterprise sales rep that's obsessed with cold outreach. If you're sick and tired of fluff, theory, and general advice on how to sell to cold prospects from people who haven't sold anything in the past 20 years and instead want detailed, tactical, step-by-step instruction, this is the podcast for you. Each week, he'll interview salespeople, consultants, and entrepreneurs about actual outbound sales campaigns they've run with real numbers and results. Each conversation will be a deep dive into deconstructing a specific campaign's results as well as the strategy behind it. You'll get the opportunity to peek behind the curtain and see what's actually working now in cold outreach. Welcome Welcome to to Outbound Outbound Metrics. Matt Wallach is the founder of Excellus. Excellus is a B2B SaaS sales consulting agency. Are you seeing a 50% close rate on your demos or a 20% close rate on free trials? Would you like to? Excellus helps startups and growth-minded SaaS companies who are looking to expand and dominate their market. Matt, it's a pleasure to have you on. Are you ready to dive in? I am, Morgan. Thanks for having me. Awesome. How does Excellus get results for its clients? What makes it different? Well, I think it all goes back to my own history. So I've been in software for quite a while, started a company back about 15 years ago with a few others. And part of that founding team, it was my responsibility to do all the sales. And it was one of those situations where I'd had success selling in other industries before, before I got into SaaS. And I said, I got this. I'm going to take care of it. You guys worry about your own stuff. But unfortunately, I fell flat on my face and I (laughs) couldn't figure it out. Didn't know what I was doing. And it was really, really painful. It was a shot to the ego. And I really struggled in those early years because I had no idea how to sell within the SaaS world. It is definitely a different beast. And I just didn't know that. 
Uh, I tried to read this book and that article and watch this video and still nothing was really working. But what I finally figured out was because it was different, it needed its own process. And so that's when I created my own process, what we now call the perfect deal process, which makes it so much easier to be able to close leads, to be able to get them through your funnel really efficiently and convert at extremely high rates. Once we put that in play, we took off. We saw exponential growth. We had uh, Inc. 500 awards multiple years in a row. We had investors coming to us instead of the other way around. Uh, and we had a really nice exit at the end of the day. So uh, it was a really, really good run. Went and did that at a couple other software companies as well, using the same process, plugging it in, even though it was different markets and different times, it still worked. And so I realized, hey, I can do this a bigger impact, right? So I could help other software founders who are going through the same struggle that I was. And so that's what I do now is I help software founders around the world to understand how to better market and sell their product so that they don't have to go through that early stage struggle. They can skip over the struggle and go right to the success path. Awesome. That, that's the best way to do it, right? You solve your own problem. <laughs> exactly. Good stuff. Is Excellus, does it offer productized pricing or custom for its customers? We have a couple of different packages. And so it's very productized because what I said was if I have a software founder coming to me, they need to have something that specifically fixes what's going on with a software founder. And so I package a whole bunch of things together, including personal uh, guidance from me, including group work with the community that we have and some core curriculum stuff. So we kind of package it all together, make it really simple. And so it's one product package. Awesome. And who is your ideal customer? My ideal customer is a software founder or a top leader within an early stage software company, anywhere from zero to $4 million. What we can do is kind of help them get over those, those initial hurdles so that they can leap ahead and achieve that success faster than they would have without us. Cool. Love it. So let's talk about at a high level at this process. You know, usually on this show, we talk about, you know, cold outreach, case study type stuff. So I'd like to take that same approach, at least talking about you know, experiences, things you've seen in the fa- past. I think, I guess a good way to start would be top mistakes that you're seeing or that you have seen with in software sales. Sure. So the number one thing I see, and, and you probably see it as well, Morgan, because you're up, you know, right away at the front end and the go to market and trying to get some leads. Whereas I'm more, once you have the lead, how do we close that deal? How do we mm-hmm. make sure we get them to sign? And the number one thing I see is that there's just no process. In most cases, you have a software founder, you have an early group of, of founders who have a great product. They came up with a, with a really slick solution to some problem, but they're really technical or they're product-based and they don't have a lot of experience within sales. And so these founders struggle with trying to figure out how to go to market, how to get those leads. But then also, once you have a lead, how do you close it? And that's what we see a lot is people work really hard to get those leads. And I'm sure you help them do a great job with that. Mm-hmm. But then once somebody raises their hand and says, okay, I'm interested, what do you got? Most people at that point just wing it and just say, oh, 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 let me show you my product. And they just kind of unload the product on them. And I, what I call throw up the product all over them. And that's absolutely not the way you want to do it. You've got to have a defined process. You've got to have a formula for how you're going to get that person excited and how you're going to further their emotional state so that you can get them to a point where they're ready to take action. There is some technique. There is definitely a, a best practice that you need to do. Most people have no idea what those are. And so it's really, really critical that you have a process. And so the mistake that people make is that they do not 
have a defined sales process. Gotcha. So big picture, many don't have a process. When when someone comes and says they're interested, they just do this feature dump on them and say, hey, hey, this is it. This is this is really cool. Check it out and kind of turns people off. Within a, um, when, if there is no sales process, are there any, any other mistakes that happen, maybe more micro within those customer interact or their, those prospect interactions? Yeah. So I think probably the biggest thing is people don't do enough discovery. They don't learn enough about that prospect. They don't understand what they're going through. What are their challenges? What are their worries? What are they trying to achieve? They don't go nearly deep enough on how they're going to understand that person so that they can pitch to them appropriately. Because within the perfect deal process, just to kind of break that down real quickly, mm-hmm. the deal is an acronym, D-E-A-L. D is for discover. You've got to be able to do an outstanding discovery to really dive deep and understand where that prospect lives, where they're coming from, and where they're looking to go. Once you do that, you need to do the E, which is educate. Educate them on something that's going on within the industry so that they can learn more and they'll see you as an advisor. After that, the A is associate. If you can associate your solution to what you learned from them in discovery, it's a very, very powerful thing. They're going to see that as this is the answer. They just told me that I've got a major problem. I just want to know about the challenges. And now this is the solution. And then the final one, the L, that's lead. You've got to be able to lead the call, lead the process, and take control the entire way. If you do it correctly, your prospects are going to want to follow you. and They're going to follow you right to the close. Awesome. I'd love to jump into each of those in the deal process. And if we could kind of go over maybe some anecdotes for those on kind of how they're used to give people contextual examples to that. Let's start with discovery. Can you give an example from maybe your own work or someone you've worked with that, you know, where you took them from a subpar discovery to a more efficient, effective one? Yes. One of my clients, Greg, had a terrific product, built this product called Planless.io. And what was happening was he was getting a lot of leads in the door, but very, very few of them were converting, less than 3% conversion, which is very, very low. And so when we went in and started working with Greg and we realized, hey, you're just not doing nearly enough discovery. We completely changed his whole discovery process and how he thought of it and the goals of discovery. Most people think the goal of discovery is to figure out, is this a fit for me? which is good. You should learn that. You should understand, is this prospect a good fit? But there's more than that. You've got to get them tuned up and primed. You've got to get them ready to buy. And a lot of that happens in discovery. That's where you get the emotions going. And a lot of people just don't know that. Once they ask one or two questions that basically the prospect identifies as, yes, this is somebody who's going to be a good fit. Most people skip discovery and just go right on to the next. They say, yep, I realize they're good. Let's go but it's actually getting them emotional, getting them really, really deep in terms of understanding that their problem is bad and that it's something that's preventing them from where they're trying to go. That's when you can really start seeing the results. And that's what we did with Greg. When we got him to that point to understand that, he then came out and he said, a couple months later after he practiced it, worked on it, started to make things happen. He said, after my discovery, my clients are now 90% closed. Wow. He said, I, I don't hardly even have to show them the product because I've worked them up so much and made them understand just how bad everything is that they now are 90% close. And if you think about it, if you're in a desert and things are bad and you have been crawling across the desert for a while and somebody comes to you and just has 
any water, you're not going to ask them where that water came from. Hey, is that right. Avion? Are you sure that that's, <laughs> yeah. you know, yeah. you're going to take whatever. And that's the same thing. If you realize, oh man, our problems are terrible. I cannot believe how bad it was. I didn't even understand it. And now I do. Oh, you have a solution? Great. Let's go. Let's solve this problem. So Greg went from a less than 3% close rate to over 30%. And so he saw a huge jump wow. from fixing that process. Wow. This getting them emotional, is this not figuring out what they need, but why they need it? Like what kind of strings are we pulling on here for that? Yeah, essentially it's more than that. So actually when we talk about getting them emotional, the biggest thing for our emotions as humans is pain. Everybody in sales obviously talks about pain. You got to find the pain, but there's more steps to pain than people will realize. There's actually three steps that are really critical in pain. And I identify it to an analogy of the prospect has a knife in their gut. That's their pain. That's the easiest way that I have found to think about it. So let's say they have a knife in their gut. Well, the first step is as the salesperson, you need to identify the knife. You need to be the expert to understand the industry and the market and the consumers well enough that you can see that there's a knife even before sometimes they can see it. Through proper questioning, through proper understanding of how to run a discovery process, you should find that knife sometimes before they know it. So mm-hmm. that's number one, you identify the knife. Number two is making sure they understand it because sometimes they don't realize that there's a knife in their gut. Hey, by the way, you have a knife in your gut. Oh, so I do. You're right. Now at that point, a good sales rep will stop. And I say a good sales rep and not a great sales rep. Good sales reps, they'll stop discovery and they'll pull them. Well, let me just save you. Let me pull the knife out. And let me show you how we're going to solve that problem. The problem is that prospect has not gotten emotional about the, the situation yet. They understand there's pain, but a lot of prospects deal with pain. They realize, yeah, it's kind of frustrating, but it's okay. We've worked with it this long. We're just going to go with it. And that's not good enough. You want people to get really upset. And so instead of pulling the knife out, you do what I call twist the knife. And it's, it sounds sadistic and evil, but it's actually getting them the help they need because you're trying to get them to understand just how bad things are. So twist the knife and get them learning, oh man, how bad has that been? How long have you been dealing with that? What is that costing you? Let's break down, you know, you said Mary is spending three hours a day. What's Mary's pay? So you guys are spending this much money on this problem. And when you really get them deep by twisting the knife, now they realize, oh man, I did not realize how bad of a situation this is. We need to solve it right now. And that's where you can start to see that emotion rise and they're ready for a solution. Awesome. Moving to the E, educate. What's the kind of anecdote around that that piece of the puzzle? Yeah, sure. So in educate, there's actually three things that prospects want to be educated on. This is from a Forrester study because a lot of times people think, oh, we need to tell them about this. And what usually happens in the educate phase is a company tries to show how awesome of a company they are. They try to say, we've won all these awards and these are all the logos of companies, big companies that, that are part of our community. That's not really what you want to do in the educate phase. The three things that customers want to hear, buyers want to hear. Number one, they want to hear a founding history. So not necessarily what your company is right now and how amazing you are, but how did you come to be? Mm-hmm. And you can think about it because Think about how humanizing it is if you say, hey, let me tell you about our company. There was this guy, Steve, and he had a problem and he was trying to solve that problem. And this was very frustrating. He didn't know what to do and he couldn't find any other solution out there. So 
So he decided to create the solution. And Steve went out and did this and this, and that solution solved his problem. And now he realized this can solve others as well. So here we go. He's realized he can help others. And that's how we became a company. That made the company some big logo brand, now a human, and made it much more able to, to somebody can connect with that. Somebody can identify with that. It's probably going to be the same challenges they're going through. It's going to be much easier for them to connect to the brand. It's really, really powerful when you can do that. So that's one story. The second one is they want to know who they're talking to. People buy from people. And so, so many times you see sales reps get on a call and just go right into the product. Well, that prospect wants to know who they're talking to. And so I talk, I call it your personal why. Tell the prospect your personal why, who you are, a little bit about you and why you do what you do. It doesn't have to be long, 10 to 15 seconds, maybe 20. And that way they'll connect with you and it'll be much more, more likely to be able to want to do something with you to move forward and to trust you. We've got the company history, the founding history, rather, the personal why. And number three is relevant customer stories. And this is something that you know really well, Morgan, is Absolutely. that getting those customer stories out there of successes that other customers have had, especially if they have the same challenges, are super, super powerful. So those three things, if you can educate your buyers around all of that, are really going to step you forward within the perfect deal process. Awesome. 100% on uh, customer stories personally, because every great sales rep I've known, they have, if a customer brings up an objection, they tell a story around it rather than kind of going into features and benefits. They tell a, a story around it that's relevant and then kind of wrap that in why it makes sense for them in a similar way. And I love that. But the founding story too, I've, I'm glad you brought that up because uh, especially I feel like if you're if you're talking to someone if you're selling to someone at a company who started that company, especially they want to know how long you've been in business, you know, what, you know, what's your background? I've, I've noticed that too. And then your personal why. Numbers 100% seem that, see that. Uh, something I forgot to ask uh, about discovery moving into educate. How do you know when discovery is finished and to move into educate? Good question. When you've gotten what you need to get, when you've gotten the, the emotions risen when you realize that now they feel really bad about the problems that they have, that you've understood if this is a fit, all of that is super important. And when you've gotten those pieces, now you're ready. Awesome. The weird thing about educate is it's actually spread across the entire call, your entire demo. You should be educating throughout. So it's not exactly linear. Discovery definitely happens early and then some of the other parts happen later, but the educate kind of moves so you can actually be educating throughout. And so discovery can go into, you know, the demo itself from there. But once you've gotten them to that point, like I mentioned with my client, Greg, they're 90% sold. Now you can just show them the solution. You're ready to pull that knife out after you've twisted it and they're ready for you to be the hero. Awesome. Any anecdotes come to mind around educate that are, that kind of stick out? Yeah. So one of the things was uh, that, that really worked well really within educate, it's all about kind of getting them solve their problems. I can use my own anecdote on this one. We had a company that was a CRM and our CRM was really good at personalizing. It was able to, to get people to personalize their outreach and to do it really well and scale. And so one of the things that we were educating people about was the whole world has shifted. The world in terms of what people are looking for, what they're expecting has shifted from 
it's okay to do a mass email with, with very little personalization to now because of Amazon recommending products that you should buy based on previous purchases, Netflix showing you what movies and shows you should watch based on previous stuff. We're so used to personalization. And that's one of the things that we would really educate about within our sales process and our calls was people need personalization. That's why you need to understand that you have to have a product that meets that level of personalization because the whole culture has shifted and it worked really, really well. People bought into it. They realized how important it was and we were able to close some deals and get some good revenue increase from that. Awesome. I like that. Moving to the next step, A, associate to what you learn in the discovery. What does that look like, that application? Yeah, and that's really critical. The problem is if you don't do a good enough discovery and you don't learn about the buyer and what their needs and goals are, you can't associate. If you don't do discovery well, you can't show how your solution fits that person. But within associate, this is another one that gets forgotten a lot, Morgan, because a lot of times people just have their standard demo that they run through, regardless of what the prospect needs or cares about. They just kind of go through the steps, go through the motions. Interestingly enough, I do sales process audits, meaning I go in and look at companies. They hire me to look at their sales process. And the companies with the best products actually have the teams that perform the worst because Mm. the product has carried the team and the salespeople don't have to do as much. They don't have to have as strong a process, which is kind of sad. The challenge is products can be built quickly these days. And so if somebody comes up behind you and they actually do have a good sales process, you're in trouble. And so it's definitely a scare point where, uh uh-oh, our team is kind of getting lackadaisical. They're kind of just relying on the product. We need to get them to a point where they're really accelerating. They're really doing everything just right. But in Associate, you have got to associate your solution to their problems. One of the best things you can do. And by the way, you should be showing in your demo exactly what's pertinent, what's relevant for that prospect. But one of the best and most powerful things you can do that I rarely, rarely see done when I do these audits is at the end of your presentation, go back and recap. Okay. So at the end of the presentation, Hey, I know I showed you a lot. And by the way, people forget 90% of what you show them. I know I showed you a lot. But let's just recap a little bit about what happened. You told me earlier that you were struggling with this and I showed you how the solution is going to do that. Did that make sense? Yes. Then you told me you had this problem. I showed you how the solution is going to do that. And lastly, you explained this situation and I showed you how the solution is going to solve it this way. Did all of that make sense? Yes, it does. Is there anything else that you feel like I can solve for you? No. So it sounds like we're solving all of your challenges. Yes, we are. Great. Let's move on to the next step. Like it makes it so obvious and it sounds very structured and intentional, but it feels like a warm blanket to the prospect. They feel it as, wow, they're, they've identified all my needs. They're solving them. What else do I want? It makes it so much easier to close from that point. Right. And it's, it's showing, I think that that warm blanket feeling uh, prospects feel like that because it's showing that you actually listen to everything that they said. That's the, and I think with, there's so much SaaS out right now and it's there's they're built to solve very unique problems and a lot of times it's just kind of like here's our tool this is what it does you know what do you think here's a tool this is what it does what do you think and not really like here here's how you could you what's your actual problem here's how you could use this here's how it could solve your problem i assume that that's getting even more refreshing to hear you know as people get on more sales calls 
Absolutely. I mean, you think about it, if, you, if you're out there kind of looking for a product and you talk to three different people and two of them kind of just running through their steps, checking off the boxes, and one of them actually is gauging and caring about your situation, I mean, which one are you going to go with? Right. Right. Well, it, 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 there's a huge jump. And I actually had, I have my podcast as, and I had Chad Stewart, who's a software buyer. And I thought it was pretty interesting. He's a professional software buyer. Big companies hire him to go out and buy their software for them because he knows exactly how to do it, how mm. to find the right stuff. And so it was interesting for me being a career software seller, having the buyer on my pocket. I was, I was taking it with all these questions. And he said, I, and I asked him straight up, I said, listen, if you're, you know, looking at three different companies and one has an outstanding sales process, regardless of product, does that impact the decision? He said, absolutely. It is huge. When somebody knows how to take you through the process and do it well, it is a huge impact on the final decision. And that yeah. was enough for me. Absolutely. I completely agree. You can have the same product, but you know, two different people have a different perception of it because of that sales interaction that they had. Mm-hmm. And because of how well the salesperson, you know, dug into that to the prospect's challenges, listened to them, you know, applied what they were were hearing and, and thoughtfully matched that up. Like that's very powerful. I think it's it is overlooked often. I would I would agree. I totally it. agree. Yeah, it's, it's it's too bad because it's really really powerful. For sure. Any any uh specific stories on associate come to mind with you there? Yeah, yeah. So uh, another one of my clients, Jonas, when he came to me, he built again another situation. This happens a lot. He built a great product but had no experience selling and was very nervous about it and didn't know how to do it. And again, he would, in his demos, just kind of unload and throw up the product all over the, the prospect. Once we went through the training with him, once he realized exactly the right way to associate his exact solution to their problems, he started crushing it. So he came to us with $0 in sales. He hadn't sold anything yet. After three weeks, he had sold a $9,000 a month deal and a $10,000 a month deal. Made over $200,000 after three weeks once he learned the process. And that's really what it is. It's a formula. And a lot of people who are technical and product-based, they understand this because to build a product, you've got to have a formula. Same thing to sell it. As you know, Morgan, if you have the right formula, it works. And that's that, what we teach. Sure. And it worked great for Jonas. Was there, was there like a, anything specific that comes in mind? Like one, one thing that made a big shift for him? I mean, there was so much of the process that he just didn't understand just because sure. sales is not intuitive. I mean, if sales sure. was intuitive and it was just easy, you and I wouldn't have jobs. Right. Like it, <laughs> sales is not intuitive. And so there were so many things that he didn't know that he should be doing or that he was doing that he didn't know he shouldn't be doing that once he learned it, it made it easier. Now, one of the things that I can remember is Jonas has a winning smile. I mean, it's fantastic. It's awesome. It's one of the things that drew me to him. But then when I started watching his calls, that smile was gone. His Mm. personality was gone. And I said, Jonas, you got to infuse your life, your personality into your calls and people are going to love you. And that's exactly what happened is once he realized he can be more him and less nervous, it was awesome. It was quite the, the switch that was turned on. Yeah. It doesn't, sales doesn't have to be, selling doesn't have to be boring. It doesn't have to be a job like a, you know, it can be, it can be stressful at times, of course, but it can be fun. Like you can make, 
you know, you've got a buyer who is talking to, you know, several salespeople, you know, however, you know, every week, every month, whatever. And if you're that person that has charisma that comes, makes it a little bit fun and interesting to speak with them, they're going to remember that for sure. And that helps the, the entire process. I 100% agree. Um, yeah, I, I love that you just said that because I actually just post about this. Uh, I posted about it uh, a week or two ago, Morgan. I saw some research that after a week, people forgot more than 90% of your product. And so my saying is people don't remember features. They remember emotions. So if you have a winning personality, if you're able to get their emotions going, but you're also able to connect with them personally, they're going to remember that much more than they'll remember the features in the product. So mm -hmm. get them really, really excited on the call. And they're going to think about that moving forward. Absolutely. Uh, last step in the process here, L, for lead the call and the process. Can you take us through that one? Yeah. One of the biggest things that kills deals is when the sales rep doesn't take control and they don't lead. Mm -hmm. And if you've ever read the challenger sale, that's one of the three facets that they talk about in the challenger sale. Teach, tailor, and take control. You've got to take control of the process right from the start, right from initial outreach all the way through to closing the deal. I just did an audit with a client where they hired me again to kind of mystery shop their sales team. I throw in leads and watch what happens. I go through the sales calls with them and all of the reps are about 10 reps. All of them at the end of their demo would finish it. Like, so what do you think? Should we, you know, what's your next step? What do you want to do? They're asking the prospect what to do next. Well, guess what? Your prospects, they have been through your sales process one time, once. Whereas you've been through it hundreds of times. They have no idea what should happen next. You should know, based on your previous customers, what the right steps are, what the winning steps are, what the most successful customers have done in order to get up to speed with the product and get started and onboarded with the product successfully. So you should know exactly what those steps should be. And you need to be the one to take control and let them know, here's what's going to happen. Now, if you've done everything else right up to that point, if you've discovered well, you've educated right, if you've associated the product, they are going to follow you where you lead. So it's up to you to do everything right up to that point, which is so, so true because I get asked a lot, hey, Matt, you're an expert at closing, closing. Tell me, what is a closing line? Give me one line where I can close. I'm like, guess what? It's not one line. I can't give you one magic line. Yes, there are little things that you can say that help the process but you're not going to go through poorly. And then at the end, say some magic words. And all of a sudden people are like, yes, I'm in. You have to do everything right up to that point. If you've done everything right, then you can give them a good phrase and they're ready for rock and roll. Right. And that's what taking the lead is all about. You need to take the lead through the call and then beyond to be able to do it after the fact to make sure, Hey, I'm not just going to let you go. It's kind of like when you have a formula on your, on your outreach, same thing. You need a formula post-call. How am I going to get to the decision maker? How am I going to follow up? How are we going to make sure we solve all of their needs in terms of figuring out the next steps? And boom, we're closing the deal. Mm -hmm. One of the problems I see or just you know, have come across as a salesperson, as an individual, I hear about talking to other salespeople is you know, people ghosting them, falling off the, the map. And I think it's going to happen no matter what. But to me... I think a lot of it is some of it's completely out of your control, but you can control some of it, I believe, based on how well you do your discovery, how well you build rapport, for sure, for sure even, even more. 
Have you seen anything around that? Any trends around that or interesting stuff? Yeah, absolutely. So if people are ghosting, if that's happening a lot, you're right. It's, you're never going to completely stop it. Right. Some people just have stuff that you're not going to be able to prevent. Sure. But the two areas that'll help you are the D and the L. If people are ghosting or taking a long time to close, you didn't discover well enough, you didn't get them worked up and emotional and ready to take action, mm. or you didn't take the lead and get them to the next steps correctly. One of those things, or both, did not go well if they're ghosting or if they're taking a long time to close. And once we fix that, you're going to see much shorter sales cycles. You're going to see more people taking action. Yeah. I feel like the beginning and ending of sales calls or sales processes are, especially the beginning, are, are so critical, like disproportionately important to how you start and finish a call. Um, and, and even more so for that first call, right? That first interaction. Uh, is 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 amplified, I would see. Anything else that I didn't go over that you're seeing a lot of or something that someone listening it could help them? I don't think so. I mean, I think that's it. If you can discover, educate, associate, and lead and do that on your sales calls, your demos, you're going to see a big jump. You're going to see more engaged prospects. You're going to see people ready to take action much sooner. You're going to see more deals closed. We've seen it over and over again in a lot of different industries, a lot of different products. It just works. It's human nature. And it's like a formula. You plug it in and you start rocking and rolling. Awesome. Last question I have for you around this. There's been a lot of different tools that have come out in recent years to help people sell, even help with the sales process. Are there any categories that have caught your eye that you think are helpful, maybe that you use when you uh, consult with people? In terms of tools, I do have a few. Most of them are around like outreach or CRM. There's okay. not really a ton of stuff you can do. Yes, you can use like the chorus type stuff within a cult. And I think that's really good. It helps you break it down, but you still need to spend the time. So oh, I work a lot with software founders and, and early stage leaders. However, for later stage companies, it's important to make sure all of your sales reps are in alignment. The people I work with, they're the founders. They're selling at that early stage themselves, which I recommend. Software founders, you should sell in your early days. However, once you get a sales team, what usually happens is that sales team has less passion and less commitment to the goal and vision that the founder does. It's just natural. Yeah. The amount less is what you can kind of try and work on. But that's where we kind of see some drop off. And a product like that, like a chorus, which is something that listens to the calls, diagnoses it, gong, same deal, uh, and gets you the understanding of how the call went or didn't go. And that's where those are some of the products that I think are good for bigger sales teams. Awesome. Check them out at mattwallach.com. M-A-T-T-W-O-L-A-C-H.com. Matt, pleasure having you on. Absolutely, Morgan. Thank you. All right. You have a good one. You too. My big takeaway from talking to Matt is that you must have a clear and defined sales process to convert prospects into customers predictably and effectively. Look, if you enjoyed this episode, make sure you subscribe and share it with a friend. Thanks for listening.